All right. If you're the toughest, smartest person in any particular room, get out. Get the F out. <laughs> Make mistakes. Ron DeSantis thought he was the smartest guy in the room. <laughs> what happened? He spent $100 million in Iowa of all places. And got shelled. Got, but it was predictable, right? That's why you can predict outcomes. So that's why we have Hall of Fantasy Football Hall of Famer, national champion, the hardest working guy in NFL content because you got to aggregate information to what make profit. We made profit in the regular season, $91,000 off 60%. All right. 52.5% is break even. 59% you can live in Vegas. 70% you're elite. That's the next level. We were 60%. My wife's not complaining. Now we get into the playoffs. So let me see if you agree with this, Jim. I break it up. Regular season is one thing, right? Yep. And it's a little easier because in the regular season, you say, oh, Matt Patricia's a defensive coordinator. Okay, good. They're not going to cover. Game's going to go over. <laughs> <laughs> playoffs is more complicated than that, right? You got Houston coming out, playing good ball. Marco Ryan's from that San Francisco tree. And what happens is, one of the reasons Jim and I can be so successful at this and, and, and make so much money anticipating outcomes is because Jim and I have been watching football for over 100 years combined. And we're old, so we've seen this movie before. <laughs> it's the same people doing the same things. And, and people don't change unless they have to, right? My wife's Correct. a psychotherapist. 95% of people don't change. And all these guys are making millions upon millions of dollars. They're doing the same thing. Else. So Jim and I get ahead of it and make money. But better than that, we tell you about it. We share. <laughs> and we extrapolate different things. Big Donna Podcast, a big theme here is going to be fundamental analysis versus technical analysis. Technical analysis is what you see them selling you on CNBC, Bloomberg News. Uh, you make money selling technical analysis. Nobody's ever gotten rich doing that. People have gotten rich with fundamental analysis. And one of the big tenets of fundamental analysis is who's calling the shots. Who's the trigger man? That's why Elon Musk, Bill Gates is so important, right? Who's calling the shots? There's other factors involved, but it is using technical charts robots versus the the human element and adding those factors in two numbers right and like the guy who owns all the dealerships in uh, new england told me bill harrington know the numbers and you'll know everything and nobody knows the nfl numbers better than jim coventry thank you jim <laughs> uh, excited to be money. here three what games left the season it? we better get at it right three games left can you <laughs> right, believe right, it right. Unbelievable. So you got to get perspective, right? So this is where the story started. <laughs> First week, Vegas, Mark Wahlberg trying to sell vodka. First to market, more market share. He's not going to make as much money as Sam Hagar with the vodka. We were fun, having fun. We were 20 grand up. And that was the, I got to be on the front page of the Las Vegas Review Journal. <laughs> That's the picture Man. there. That's how it started. 20 grand up. And I couldn't do it without Jim. So thank you, Jim. Uh, if you join us next time in Vegas, expensive steak on me. Nice. Food. How do you get the, the desserts? Drink tickets are free, right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Time. All right. So that's how it started. So now we have profit for the playoffs. Three and one against the spread last week. 
the size, the 75%, again, 62.5% break even, 59% you can live in Vegas. So on the size, we were 75% for your one, all right? So that, that's money. This is what this podcast is about. The content's about everything that we talk about, Gemini today, it's going to be linked towards money and anticipating, right? And when people make fundamental mistakes, the great thing about the United States is you can get ahead of it and make a lot of money, all right? So that's how the year started. Now there's only three games left in the season. What are your thoughts as we get into it, Jeff? Yeah, it's the time of the year. Wildcard weekend, anticlimactic. Five of the six games right. were not fun to watch. We got the divisional round. We had three amazing games. The Ravens game was fine to watch for a half, but now we're down right. to it. And, and I don't know how these games will shake out in the weekend. There's a chance they could be great. They could be blowouts. We don't know. But we have three games left, so savor it. Enjoy it. Because before you blink, it's going to be a long road until we see football again. Uh. In a way, right? Because <laughs> I already was talking to some maniacs. I remember I was one of the most important business meetings I was ever going to be a part of. And I was overprepared like usual. Had all my talking points set up. And the people in the room were a lot successful than I was. Uh, and there was a big decision going to be made for a lot of money. And it was an hour meeting, Jim. And for, kid you not, 50 minutes of that hour. And it, it was after the Super Bowl. It was, uh, it was like uh, March 14th. For 50 minutes of that meeting, it was all about football. Ah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's awesome. It, it watching film for the draft. <laughs> 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 so for some people, football never ends. Now, Correct. Oh, me, uh, it doesn't. Reality, reality hit me in the face because I was in the afterglow of where you're talking. Great playoff week. And boom, client calls me with a crisis. Don't know what it is. Da, 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 da. I'm looking at it, you know, been sick, have COVID, have it haze. You know, it was nothing big, right? And then I figured, oh, back to reality. This is what reality looks like. Solved the problem, but what helped me was watching football during the weekend and kind of combining things together. All right. And it's almost like uh, I don't know. Uh, do you know the in the Bible the book of Deuteronomy? Mm-hmm. Well, Old Testament. Be, so-and-so, yeah, so-and-so beget so-and-so. And I'm like, why is that important? It is important because, again, people don't change. They have the same philosophy. So we'll go wide to narrow, all right? From what, a wide standpoint, right, Jim? When you look at it from a fundamental analysis point, and this is why I had profit last week in Green Bay plus, plus nine based on this and it helps me in business when you're looking at a business case oh this guy's stealing money blah, blah, blah. so you figure out who comes from who right so this is an interesting chart that i put together aggregated from people so i always oh, call it the you. andy reed bowl okay because andy reed is a rigid thinking mormon who feels like and i remember as a young kid john wooden would act like he invented basketball i don't know like, you know probably not got mad at Andy Reid thinks he's invented football. And football has to be done his way. But who can argue with him, right? Uh, there's three big limits. No, what you say, right? There's three big football mafia families. There's the Andy Reid football mafia family. There's the Bill Parcells, Nick Satan, Bill Belichick mafia family. <laughs> oh, my gosh. 
right? And then the third one is the Harbaugh brothers, okay? So we're going to talk to some teams that the media is getting wrong. So a lot of this podcast is giving you information you can't find anywhere else that major media is not giving you, all right? So you're saying, John, do they kill people? No, but you have to train a certain way. They look for specific players, right? So when Alabama went to the four-two-five defense, when we showed you film today, everybody's in the four-two-five defense, which you right. can do anything at it. So when you start breaking down, uh, and it's always interesting, even during the season, when you pick coaches who have won a national title, which won a Super Bowl, they think differently. Salesmen think short-term. Ah, Businessmen yes. and women think long-term. Long-term thinking is higher level thinking, right? So they don't sacrifice the short-term for the long-term. So you bet against them early in the season, you bet for them later on, and we've made a lot of money. <laughs> That's why I was up 20 grand in that picture I showed you. So we, you get specific to these games, all right? You're looking at the first game is going to be Todd Munkin. Todd Munkin, uh, you know, he brought us uh, Nick Mullins from Southern Miss. His brother took over the Army program, and they had lost, whatever, 10 in a row, the Navy. Now they're beating Navy every year. They know a lot of football. He's been part of both mafia families. Uh, he was the coordinator for Kirby Smart when they won the national championship with Georgia. And, of course, uh, Kirby Smart won six national titles with Nick Satan. And Nick Satan was Bill Belichick's defensive coordinator. They are best friends. Right. He's going to Lake Buford, Georgia, for his Georgia house. And he's going to the Atlanta Falcons. So they can run that Mercedes dealership, which I really don't want to see the books of that. This would be interesting. <laughs> How many Alabama players are getting paid from that dealership? But they think the same. They go to that lake house in Georgia and Renaissance weekends to strategize about the season. So Todd Munkin, all right, Baltimore, he's, he's your offensive coordinator. And he hasn't lost any games in a long time. He's lost four games in the last four years, right? Winning national titles and now with the Ravens, John Harbaugh, who's won a Super Bowl, his brother just won the national title. And the more I read about John Harbaugh, the more I like him. He's a totally opposite of his brother. And he's a very independent thinker. Uh, Reed is Mormon. The Harbaugh families are Catholics. But John is an independent thinker. He's a Christian. <laughs> He's a different player. He's going to go to his own church. All right? <laughs> so you got Todd Munkin, uh, Jim, against Andy Reid and Spagnolo, right? Ah, uh, there you have it, Spagnolo. That's the one I circled. Him and Munkin are head-to-head in this one. Head-to-head. They're going toe-to-toe. Andy Reid scripts the play. So Andy Reid's going to script 25 plays. He's going to get with Kelsey, and Kelsey's going to read the defense. But it's going to be very interesting because there's a lot of things going on. Spagnuolo, look for what tree he's under. He's in the Bill Belichick. So both Spagnuolo and Munkin, right? In this, we'll look at the larger level, right? Societal level. Right now, it's like anti-diversity, anti-DNI because they don't know whether the Republicans are getting into it because it's about black people, minorities, blah, blah, blah. It's not. It's what Spagnolo and Munkin are. They've worked for both mafia families. Spagnolo started out with a Belichick Satan family, and now he's with Andy Reid because he understands <laughs> diversity. 
That's what diversity is, pragmatic and not being the smartest person in the room. If you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Andy Reid knows Andy Reid. He's like, I need a nobility. Let me hire Spagnolo, right? And win a couple Super Bowls. Spagnolo's on his fourth Super Bowl, right? So you're talking a lot of national titles, right? Long-term thinking in Super Bowl with both these minds going at each other. So that's going to be very interesting. What are your thoughts, Jim? Well, the whole thing with this coaching tree you're talking about, I, I crystallized on the one thing for this game, and I mentioned it earlier. Basically, you got Munkin in this offense that's done great this year, and you have Steve right. Spagnola who has cooked up game plans on the biggest of stages, and he has right. taken some offenses and really given them fits. That is crystallized for me what this weekend's about. Big time, big time. So I, I look at the matchups, matchups between both coordinators and uh, start from there. So when you start looking at the Ravens' offense, we're going to look at a play-action pass. Uh, you've got to look at plus-one quarterbacks, right? So Belichick, Pete Carroll, all of them, they won a lot of titles. They said the quarterback cannot beat you with a run. Eventually, he's going to have to throw a pass. So when they throw a pass, you're going to look at play-action pass. What are your thoughts, Jack? If you look at well, the yeah, the play-action pass is king because with this offense that Munkin brought in, they have a great running game that you have to respect. In the running game, they've got the, the good offensive line that blocks it. Running backs may not be A-level, but you're adding Lamar Jackson's legs in there, and it puts a whole lot of stress on the linebackers as to what to do. And that play actually goes, are right, you going to pass? Are they going to run? And it puts them in a bind very, very quickly. But to have a unique talent like Jackson under center, that really makes it even more effective than it would be otherwise. Right. So in this way, look at the mic. Look at this guy. Look at where their eyes are, right? They're in the backfield. And then this guy, the Mike, he's over leverage. He takes a step in. There was no reason for him to do that. Look, right? look how many steps he takes in. He starts at the 30. Well, he's at the 28. What are you doing? Oh, see, that's why I can be a coach. I'll be out there choking him, getting thrown out of the game or whatever. And, and then, boom, they get killed with a play-action pass. His nerves are going to be important. He needs to be accurate. He doesn't need to prove anything to anybody. He's a 4.0 student. He doesn't need to prove that black people can read defenses. That's for sociologists, politicians. He's a quarterback. If you need to take off and run, you run. Now, plus one. What is plus one? Plus one means that if the quarterback takes off and runs, he has more blockers than tacklers, right? Yes. They have that all day. They have that all day against a hurt Kansas City defense. It wasn't that really that good against the Red out here. Yeah, no, it's not a good run defense. Not a good run defense at all. And that is going to be a linchpin to this game. Um, ultimately, I think that Kansas City, with every, if, I'm, if I'm Spagnolo, here's what I'm doing. I'm going with some more to cover zero looks. I'm not afraid of Zay Flowers, right. especially if I got Legereus Need on him. Not scared at all. Right. I am definitely not worried about Odell Beckham, who looked good for a few games in the middle of the season, but hasn't done much since. And I'm definitely not worried about Rashad Bateman and his 35 yards a game. Not worry about any of those. Now, Mark Andrews could come back. There's an issue there, but we've done well against tight ends. So I'm going cover zero. Now, I, I don't need my safeties in this one. And I am blitzing. Now, there's two purposes for the blitz. First of all, I want the blitz coming from the outside. I got Chris Jones in the middle. I want to keep Jackson in the pocket. I want to keep him contained. And right. if I'm blitzing, the play action really doesn't matter anymore because I'm coming at it. And I could use those. I could use some of the blitz. I could even use some interior blitz in case they run to actually use like a run blitz concept too. So there are a lot of ways I can attack this. Munkin's game play action has been great. 
I have zero respect for the receiver. And I know Zay Flowers is a nice player, but when you're putting him up against Sneed, which probably is going to happen, now it's all of a sudden he's a non-factor. So I think it's a tactical advantage that Spagnuolo has. But like you mentioned earlier, the Ravens can run it, and that's going to be their path to success. If they can consistently run it, it's going to shorten the game a lot, but that's their that's their path. So businessmen think short-term. Uh, salesmen think short-term. Businessmen and women think long-term. And what I love about Andy Reid last week was – that Andy Reid always, I've been watching him my whole life, Andy Reid always has a wrinkle that's different for each game. He probably scripted it during the summer. This is what I'm going to run the wildcat round. This is what I'm going to run uh, the divisional round. This is what I'm going to run the championship. Tom Munkin's the same thing. So it's going to be interesting what Tom Munkin does against Bagnolo and vice versa. Uh, before I go to the Chiefs offense, the Chiefs defense, I think, and it's going to be big in the next game, right? Uh, the whole attitude that offensive coaches have is we can score on anybody. Whatever defense you're in, it's the wrong defense. Yeah. We just need the defense <laughs> to make one stop. That's all I need from your, my coordinator. You know, they run into the, 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 the meeting room and says, okay, I'm stopping this meeting from you guys. You idiots. It's one stop. Nobody they can't stop us. They can't stop us. So what I need from you is one stop, right? <laughs> Chris Jones. Is Chris Jones that one stop the Chiefs need uh, in big time to get after Lamar Jackson, get that big sack in, in a big situation? Hey, Chris Jones, Chris Jones has been about that for years. On the biggest of stages, he typically shows up, and he shows up in a big way. It's, it's, it could be that one play. It could be that third right. and long, and he is going to show up at that time, and, and it could wreck a game. But also, right. even in this scenario – if he comes in with that mindset, feeling he has to wreck the entire game, he could actually be an no, impact no. for four quarters. Yeah, it's that big spot. And I think in that big spot, I still see – and I'm still old school, right? I still see uh, Lamar Jackson with happy feet. He shouldn't have happy feet. But I still see him with happy feet. And I don't, th I don't think that's healthy for him. Um, to have ha happy feet. Nope. And in that big spot, you know, that's why I'm telling him, <laughs> relax, take it easy. Because in that big spot, you need to be relaxed. And that's what I liked about Purdy. When he needed that big drive, he was very, very composed. All right. Okay, so let's look at the Chiefs. All right. Let me know your thoughts on the Chiefs here. So, offensively, look, they're not going to have success in the passing game against the Ravens. Not going to happen here. First of all, the Chiefs stop. Sorry, the the Ravens stop downfield passing. They're the best team in the league at stopping right. downfield passing, and that's not what the Chiefs are doing anyway this year. But otherwise, that zone they play with the simulated pressures, right. putting extra men up on the line. You don't know who's coming in. The all right. So let's look, let's look at the simulated pressures. So I like little phrases you're throwing in there. This analogous to what's going on this season. The simulated pressure. Simulated pressure is going to be. Uh, to see if they line up, right? And this is the beauty of going to 37 straight uh, training camps. I love this shot because this is where Tony Dungy used to watch practice, right? I guess Tony Dungy knows a little bit of watching football. The simulated pressure is going to be 52, 25, that 4 2 5 defense everybody playing. They're, they're trying to confuse Mahomes, right? Are they coming, not coming, right? 
That's what we mean by sim- simulated pressure. Trying to cause that confusion. And then you drop people. And yes, but the second part of simulated pressure is you don't know who's dropping out and where they're dropping. If they have an inclination right. that you're going to be throwing a ball to the right flat, well, that defender who's lined up looking like he's coming to, from that side of the field, at the snap, he might just drop back into that spot if they have a tendency on you. And so it's complicated because you can't read a pre-snap. You can't say, this is what we're doing. All of a sudden, every, the whole picture changes after the snap, and it's very problematic. And for the Ravens, the entire communication they have among all of their defenders, it allows them to work in synch- you know, synchronicity together. And, and it's a thing of beauty, but it's very tough to have a successful sustained passing game. So here's the thing. The Ravens play with some of the lightest fronts in the league. They are not playing this to stop the run. They are playing this. Stop the you, you may see five and six man fronts. You, you may see those with some regularity. The Chiefs right. are able. Now, Joe Tooney's injury, I know the, the imaging he had on his abdominal came out okay. He needs to play in this one. Because if those three interior linemen play in this game, they can run the ball on the Ravens. The Ravens will let you run the ball on them. This has right. to be an Isaiah Pacheco game. I imagine there will be a plan for Kelsey. Rashi Rice, this is not a great matchup for him. Mahomes can make some things happen, but both teams, the key is running <laughs> the ball. And that's really not what the Chiefs want to do, but they've learned sometimes it's what they have to do. Again, uh, Rosebud, right? If you're what Orson Welles movie. Where the ends respect to Charlotte. Again, 95% of people can't change, right? And these guys don't have to change because they made a lot of money. These guys are run the ball first type guys. Like this is like a pass. It's not really a pass. It's no. basically a run. Yeah, extension of the run it's game. It's a run pump. Extension of the run game, right? Uh, again, and, and when, this is very always very interesting to me. When you go for wide, people think it's a pass, but it's really a run pass. Because what Jim's talking about, kind of box manipulation, right? Are you getting people in the box? You put four wide to get people out of the box, right? Now, you can go plus one with Mahomes. I think that's the big problem for the Ravens. Because the Ravens are going to say, the, the quarterback runs not going to be this. But the quarterback runs going to be there, are they? It, 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 Mahomes did not wire, right? But yeah, uh, boom, silent count. And again, and it's that's why it's very important to listen to Jim and Jim saying the Bills' defense was hurt. <laughs> this yes. is not what they're going to see this week. The speed of the game is going to be bigger. Let's see if I can find a Kelsey play before me. Well, well, while you're doing um, that, the mark was AJ Klein. AJ Klein's a very smart player. Right. He can't cover, and you saw Kelsey. Right. They, they they isolated Kelsey on him a number of times, and they just kept hammering it. And the game, we'll see that, and we'll talk about it later. It's going to be the 49ers game. I'll explain that later. But for right now, right. there is no real mark on the Ravens' defense. There's no somebody that says, yep, he's the one we're attacking. That doesn't exist there. Right. Yeah, they're going to look at the game, see how, how people are running during the game, and make the adjustment. So it's very interesting, and it was big in this game, uh, how the scripted plays, the 25 scripted plays, Reed has, and then how he came back, and we're, that's what we're watching here, Let's see adjustments. Now, these runs on first and second down, I remember an offensive coordinator telling me, these runs are not necessarily to move the ball, but to keep your defense fresh. And they need to keep the defense fresh to get that one stop against, uh, against Allen, all right? So 
Again, you're, you're looking at matchups. And you mentioned the play. running game, Josh. Both teams are going to run. Uh, it, there's going to be not a lot of plays in this game. And that yeah. really has me think about how many points are actually going to be scored here. Right. No, I like the under. And again, these are two very successful control freaks. And I work with control. I don't like control freaks, but I work with control freaks. And I make a lot of money because I need to pay the rent. Right? Yes. <laughs> Assholes buy cars, too. <laughs> but... <laughs> It, when when it comes to management style, a more an inclusive style, I tell people, right? And let me, let me get to this real quick. Because I think it's so important to what you're going to be watching in the second half. And, and this was a big drive for the Chiefs. Playoff drive late. As we look at the debacle. Okay, so the Chiefs. Late in the game. Against a deep play defense, you're gonna get those. All right. So you have Kelsey, the running air raid, especially in the second half. So what Kelsey is doing, he's reading the defense independently of Mahomes. So that's what Mahomes talked about, the telepathy they have with each other. And man, they destroyed the the, the Bills with this. Okay, this is where they're running. There's Kelsey again, so again, where he can get that line, line of sight going. And they ended up the game, but it's somewhere in here. There we go. So now Mahomes talking to the stupid people. The smart people, they have the telepathy going. And boom, they're hitting numbers. But what happens with the Kelsey play, Kelsey saw the defense. They both read it together, and boom, they hit a touchdown. All right. So now we'll get to the other game. So I like we like the under in this in this situation. Uh, the side I'm gonna stick to my superstition and have it tomorrow. A lot of people listen to the podcast back to back, so it'll be the same day for them. For me, it's gonna be the next day. So that's the Ravens and then the Chiefs. Now we're looking at the 49ers against Detroit. What are your first thoughts on that game? Styles make fights. The Lions' offense, they are most successful, A, when they're running, B, when they are throwing right. in the middle of the field with no to little pressure on Jared Goff. The problem with the, the team they're going to face is the 49ers. The 49ers are deaf defending the pass in the middle of the field. Even the Packers, who had success, it was all to the outside. Right. You aren't throwing in the middle. Well, so now I'm on Ross St. Brown, Sam Laporta. Those that are middle of the field guys. Well, they can move Amon Ross St. Brown outside. But now the problem is if they do, Charvarius Ward is probably going to shadow him. And honestly, St. Brown will do a little bit, but he is not having an Amon Ross St. Brown game against Charvarius Ward. And so ultimately, it's going to be Jameer Gibbs more than Montgomery because Eric Armstead's healthy now. And with the forefront linemen healthy, the linebackers could free flow a bit. They're going to need the speed of Gibbs. The interior Montgomery hammer, that's not working here. They're going to need Gibbs outside. That's their that's their chance. But if that doesn't get going, it's going to be a long day because Jared Goff, he's going to be under a lot of pressure, especially if they're trailing here. Oh, one more thing. Left guard, Jonah Jackson, knee surgery, he's out. Their center, Frank Ragnall, has a couple different injuries. He's going to play, right. but he's far less than 100%. And against that 49ers front line with no weak links, that's a problem. They're going to be stunting, a lot of stunting. That's the main issue I see with Detroit is that 
their offensive line is hurt. And they're, you know, that's what he was. He's a tight end offensive lineman. And golf, uh, he's going to have his, his scripted stuff. And I think what's going to be important with golf is this right here, where he's comfortable. He knows where he's going with the ball. In playing San Francisco twice a year and knowing what they're doing, again, people don't change. That's the John Lynch defense of the Tampa Bay, Tampa 2, uh, Monty Kiffin, which is kind of like the third Moffitt family, but they don't operate like mobsters. They'll hire people from outside the family. <laughs> right? They, right? You're made. Right? Not a made man. <laughs> right, right, right. That's, that's the way these people think. Uh, and I'll put on the last drive from Purdy because I think uh, it's his composure, right? Because Chanahan has the whole scripted thing out. He's made a Super Bowl. His dad won two Super Bowls. And I think he overdoes it, but I think he's going to get away with it. Uh, he he makes things easy for Purdy, right? It's sophisticated offense for uh, coach – but not for, for the player, all right? And you saw that on that last drive, which I thought was very, very uh, re- relatory of what's going on as a whole, right? And a lot of the stuff that I've heard you talk about. So talk about the, 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 the 49ers offense that we take a look at. Yeah, so they're very matchup dependent. They love using the middle of the field when they find an advantage there. Well, in this game, again, styles make fights. First thing is the coverage of the Lions linebackers is not good at all. The worst is Jack Campbell. Jack Campbell, you're going to see McCaffrey might move out. They might move him out in the the route, get him on Jack Campbell. I don't know if Debo is going to play, but they're going to get people on Jack Campbell. That's but the, any other linebackers are marks, and that's a right. staple of Shanahan's office to take the linebackers that can't cover and ruin them. They also, this team, they have decent numbers against tight ends, but Mark Andrews had a couple touchdowns. Hawkinson had 58 yards for his ACL, blew out on him. George Kittle has a phenomenal matchup here. Now, the Lions stopped the run very well. But again, I think McCaffrey as a receiver in this game, that is going to be a problem they're not going to be able to handle. And finally, the pass rush. Aiden Hutchinson looks great, usually when they're at home. They have an extra gear at home. They're playing on the indoor surface. I right. think I think outdoors, I think on the road, I don't think that pass rush has the teeth that it has at home, and I really think the Lions are going to struggle to stop. I finally, I add one more. Outside cornerback play is horrible. We have seen them get ripped up for about eight straight weeks by alpha receivers. Brandon Ayuk, they are not going to have an answer for him. Well, this is the play you're talking about right here. Uh McCaffrey against the linebackers. And that's an obvious mismatch. Uh, you know, they say intelligent people make something sophisticated easy, and dumb people make something <laughs> easy, easy sophisticated. sophisticated. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. He's not going to be playing games. He's going to isolate the running back on your linebacker, right? Now, and that was Quay team. Walker. He was all I said before last week's game. It's number seven. Quay Walker was going to be the mark. No, no, you're right on. You're right on. That's why you've made us so much money, and that's why I owe you that expensive steak dinner. All right. <laughs> so this is easy offense for uh, Purdy. And one thing to look at that might be a problem in this game against his own is that Purdy, as you saw there, he's isolating on one receiver, and to make the offense easy for him, he rolls out a lot. All right. 
And I'll give you a specific example that this man, if I'm game, hey, maybe if I was a defensive coordinator, I would get an interception on you because they do this way too often, and I would stay away from this. We'll get to that play here. Okay, here we go. So what they're doing here is because he's a young quarterback, he's paranoid late in the game, they're rolling him out to make the read easy for him. Right, predefine the, the read. <laughs> yeah. You and I grew up with Joe Montana who looked at the whole field, Marino, everybody. Yep. And taking up to the side to just, he's just reading half the field. In this situation against Mary Glenn, it might not be uh, the best. All right, and we'll, we'll close with this. Uh, let me pull this up here. Because to me, there's a lot of layers to this. And it might be a deciding factor, because I think Aidenson is going to be the Chris Jones in this game. Where, you know, and we grew up with Lawrence Taylor, who took over a game. I don't know if these guys can do that. Uh, a few reactions as we uh, close it out. I don't yeah, like Aidenson standing up. I want his hand in the dirt. But I yeah, think and it, he can make the big play. And, and I just noticed, though, Aiden Hutchinson was a different player at home than he was on the road this year. Right. And the and he he's that player. I, I know this isn't great analysis. He feeds right. off the home energy. He, he's at a different speed at home. He's playing in right. San Francisco. He's playing on grass here as opposed to the field turf they have there. It, right. it, it's just a different speed. He is not going to have the speed to wreck the 49ers offense. He's a very good player, but he's not an elite player. And I think they would need an elite player to wreck what they wanted to do. Uh, the matchups just really lean to the 49ers on both sides. I can't see the Lions stopping them. Um, the Lions can run, but the pass may matchup is horrific. I just don't think the matchups fall for the Lions well at all. Styles make fights, and they're going to need a lot of things to break their way to have a chance. This is going to be a problem, right? Because this is probably a touchdown for the 49ers. Right. McCaffrey. Oh, right. and remember, when, when they went the blitz last week, the Lions, they threw the screen to Rashad White for a touchdown. Well, if they want to try the blitz stuff with the 49ers, that screen goes to Christian McCaffrey. So, right. you know, good luck. The one thing about Adelson is I saw him and his family at the Rose Bowl. You know how I am, measure of the man. He looked so intense, right? In mm-hmm. the way, in he's more of a built guy than natural talent guy. So I see him being a gamer, where yes, he's usually better at home than on the road, because he wants to sell those t-shirts. You know, his, his, you know, his family, they're all into beauty pageants, so they understand marketing part of it, but I think he is just looking at him in his face. I was just staring at his face, how intense he was watching his team in the Rose Bowl. He wasn't playing. His dad is big, too. He gets his dad playing. Uh, his dad was way drunk, though. I'm like, how can you watch the game that drunk? I, I digress. But just the face and the intensity I saw in Adelson, I think it might translate to this game where he might do something crazy that's an outlier of what he is during the regular season. And, and maybe so. Great players show up in great spots. I just think that they don't have enough versatility on defense. I think the game plan will account for him by Shanahan, knowing where what side he's lining up on. Maybe, like I said, rolling out Purdy away from that side. Right. Or, or maybe adding an extra blocker, sliding a protection. Uh, he'll have a couple plays. I just, again, I, I just think there's enough factors working against them. And, again, the escape hatch. If he's coming, well, quick dump off to McCaffrey. If Debo's healthy, quick slant to Debo. They'll have so many checks downs that can just crush Detroit. It just seems too much for the matchup of their defense against this offense. And it helps pretty that Detroit's been in the same defense all year. 
Yes. They, they really don't change. Let's play zone and let's get after the quarterback. That's it. You get that one big stop. But in this situation, uh, you're going against an offensive mind that's, that's good or better than you are. So what are your final thoughts, huh? As we wrap it up, that's how, that's how the year started. And now we're ending it. Uh, we're at profit. So I want to go 4 0 this weekend. I'll do the podcast with Sexy Slim. Uh, and off air, I told him why Sexy Slim is bad at you, too. But he likes, he's like, no, that guy knows what he's talking about. What are your final thoughts as we get into it? Um, I know you're giving predictions. I'm the analyst guy. I'm not the better. Right. You're the better. So I, the 49ers, again, I think they have an, uh, a, an advantage on both sides of the ball. I think they they cash the check here. I, I don't think they have a whole lot of trouble here. The, maybe the Lions are coming back to recover it. I, but I could see this game getting ugly if it gets out of control fast. Even if Debo doesn't play, they have enough weapons to overwhelm the defense. In the Kansas City game, look, if these teams played 10 times in Baltimore, Baltimore probably went seven or eight of them. Right. But Steve Spagnuolo, I can't can't get my mind around it. I really think he's going to cause Lamar Jackson a lot of problems. There's going to be a critical error or two. I think the Chiefs, they're not going to have a great offensive game, but I think they're going to run the ball. And you know that the Ravens can't sell out to stop it because they can't lighten the secondary for Mahomes. So they're in a, a trap there. I, I see that game going, neither team scored 20 points. But I think Kansas City's going to squeak this out. I, I could definitely see that happening. The things that are running through my mind are uh, Coach Kyle Winningham, uh, head coach at Utah, said that it, you know he did a study and he did it with the NFL as well. The football's changed. It used to be uh, 50%, 55% of championships and games that's how he did it. That's how we qualified it. We won by defense and, you know, offense. And then, but special teams has always been 15% of the game were decided on special teams, special teams play. Now it's different, right? Now it's 45, 55% of games are decided by offense. Uh, 40% of the games were decided by defense now. I haven't seen a game in the playoffs yet decided by special teams. Harbaugh was Reed's special teams coach for 13 years. How about long-term thinking? Right. 13 years over a decade he's been with the man, right? Uh, watch out for special teams in this game as far as the total to get it over 44. The average score in the NFL game is 45. Action Jackson, you got to give him 10 points because of the plus one. More blockers. The tacklers. So he's going to take off, but he can't win the game taking off. He's going to have to make a big play with a pass, which yep. that's where Jim comes in. It's like, no, right? His advantage or what does Martin do? You know what I do? I do half, half action pass. I do flea flicker. Yes. Make it easy for Action Jackson to make that good play and get over on Fagnola. But I love the over 44 in this game. And I'm going to mull over the plus three, the Lions plus seven. I really do see, I'm like you, I see them getting blown out. Do they backdoor to get over 51? I don't know, because golf could throw like four interceptions. Once you get golf off script, he crumbles, unfortunately. All right? So we close, and you do not have to pay action sports, believe me. 300 bucks. Go get Jim, whatever they're doing at Rotorwire, and you got our podcast. We give you a lot of information that you don't have to pay 300 bucks a month for what? Listen to us and know the wise. 
learn the foundational underlying evidence so you can make your own picks in your own investment, buying a house, buying a car, investing in the right stocks, learning about fundamental analysis and get rich in the richest country in the world, $134 trillion market and growing, right? But as Winston Churchill said, and it's true, you can go both ways. You can do it in the Bill Parcells, mafia style, right? The horse track and Bill Parcells. Or you can do the Tony Dungy style, the John Harbaugh style. What they feel is that what Winston Churchill said during World War II, fire chat uh, stories, he used to say, fire chat chats or fireside. Fireside chats, chats. yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're making a living from your labor, but you make a life from what you give. Thank you for listening to the ESPC podcast.